Hi. I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Dr. Kid, I need a bacchiatomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. So it's come to this. It has. It's come to this again. <laughs> we're back. We're back. It finally just came to this, and we're back for you know, more. It's it's about time, too. Uh, my name is Charlie. That's Eric over there. I'm Eric. We're uh, here to talk about movies. We enjoy movies. And, uh, yeah, you enjoy listening to us talk about movies. I hope. I hope. Ugh. There's hey, one that presumptuous? guy, that one might... guy that doesn't. I assume we have an enemy. At I this like point. listening to us talk about movies. Yeah. If nothing I'm... else, we're we're <laughs> listening back. And we're the only ourselves. We're the only <laughs> podcast that I listen to. You might as well, right? Only because I record it. Exactly. And then uh, that's it. It's quality control more than anything. That's but... my first quality in a, that I look for in a podcast: is am I in it? <laughs> <laughs> Am I on this specific? Yes. You know what? I got good news for you. You're in it, I'm baby. in. He's in the podcast. He's in the podcast. It's in the podcast. It's in the podcast. <laughs> hey, so uh, this is where we talk about movies that we like. Uh, we talk about everything under the sun, uh, old movies, new movies, movies we saw in theaters. And we saw two movies in theaters last night and in how? Santa Rosa in 2019. 2019. And uh, those movies as follows are The Brood. From mm. 1979, mm-hmm. and Altered States from 1980. It was a heavy hitter, and uh, we were able to travel back in time to see these movies on the big screen. Thank you to the cult film series and Neil. It's the best at the Roxy. Look them up in Santa Rosa. Probably the coolest thing going down. It's so much fun for nerds it's, like us. It's it's been around for so many years now, mm-hmm. but we're just drawing from the same subset of like nerds and weirdos it's that, perfect uh it's great it's like 50 people that usually show up mm-hmm. though i've been to some with the uh, less teens <laughs> with the teens amount i think the lowest i was at was 11 well it's always an interesting selection but and... then we've been to some with like 200 people yeah you know some of the bigger ones i mean they're doing a, a couple of heavy hitters next uh next time and then the two weeks after that a couple of movies that no one no one will go of. to yeah so those, not, that'll be interesting not anticipating a big bu- budget uh night for the ghoulies uh, <laughs> and cellar dweller come and on, together cellar, i mean i'll be there for cellar we'll be there for we'll sure be there. i'll be there we'll talk oh, sure. we'll God, talk oh gonna, we'll definitely talk we're gonna about do those a ghoulies later. podcast we're, gonna we're just gonna turn later. into a podcast talking about the cult film series yeah every two right weeks because it's too good anyways it's uh too good. we but gotta yeah. get into it yeah so last night this double feature, I think it was an audience request. I think it was one of the cult regulars, which we are allowed to do. Uh, Neil takes the request seriously from Absolutely. from regulars. In fact, uh, uh, me and Rachel's, one of our big requests turned into one of the emptiest nights <laughs> of, in the history of the, the cult flicks go. when uh, we did Streets of Fire and Eddie and the Cruisers. Oh, man. No, none of you guys came. It was I didn't just, come to that. No, one. it was just. I her must and have I. been out of town. You, you actually were. I was. actually. You were gone somewhere. I was genuinely disappointed to miss uh, Streets of Fire. It was great and pretty nonplussed about Eddie and the Cruisers either. Way. Oh, no, Eddie <laughs> and the Cruisers is good, but it's no Streets of Fire. But yeah, so he's cool and he lets people like that have put in the time kind of program a night, you know. And this was one of the regulars' choices, and 
You know, I never, uh, I've never seen altered states. We're not. Mm. We're going to talk about the brood first, right? But I'd never seen altered states before, and I had seen the brood, but only once. And, and I'm I'm vice versa. And you're the opposite. Right? I, had, I had seen altered states once. I remembered one scene from it, uh, and then I had not seen the brood. I'd seen maybe ten minutes at some point, you know, on TV or something. I've but I've definitely one of the few um, Cronenbergs. I'd you know few uh, probably yeah one of the five that I hadn't seen of his. Yeah. And I've no. seen I've seen you know Shivers Rabbit and all Shivers Rabbit. I haven't scanners. seen I haven't seen Crash. That's the Crash biggest one awesome. I haven't seen. Yeah, yeah. That movie is crazy. Yeah, that's but they're definitely all crazy. the biggest. They're over. all crazy. I yeah. love it. I um. So I was really excited just because there's I've now gotten to the point in my movie fandom, and I'd love to hear if you're the same. Ooh. Where. I'm old enough now, mm-hmm. and I've seen You're so many movies. I'm very old. <laughs> I'm super old. And I've seen so many movies that, while I think I have a very good memory, I flat out forget mm-hmm. a lot of movies now. And so it's kind of amazing, because then I'll get to see a movie a few years later, and I'm like, oh yeah, I've seen this before. And then afterwards, it's like, well, I remembered that one scene with them arguing. Exactly. Well, that's, and then, that's exactly and that's me it. with Altered States. It's like, I remember one very particular scene, mm-hmm. and then the whole time we were watching, I was just like, how do I not remember this? How do mm-hmm. I not remember that image? How does that not stick in my brain for a million years? And it probably will now because <laughs> now, I'm thinking yeah. of it. Now, right? now that we're thinking about it and we're going to document you know, our verbal um, thoughts for people. Yeah. But it's kind of great. <laughs> Weirdly enough, if I even if I remember a lot about a movie, a frequent thing that I forget, is endings mm. <laughs> and so it's perfect though because then i'm watching a movie and i'm like i actually don't <laughs> it's a good know problem to have. it's like i've seen yeah. all this but i have no idea where this is going <laughs> like, I, i'm not sure which of these people is gonna i've seen the thing like four times and then it's just like which one of these guys dies uh, first it's like i know who yeah, right i know the two we get to but it's the other uh, arrangement of things right, like right. every single time I've and then seen you get movie. those scenes where you're like and then you get to watch it and uh yeah, you're like, oh, yeah, this is where he gets that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, so I had seen The Brood, and I'm a huge Cronenberg fan. You're a huge Cronenberg fan. Yes. You were wearing a Cronenberg T-shirt. I came dressed a little bit for the occasion, yeah. yeah. I, I, I was very lucky enough once uh, to randomly come across a museum uh, in my travels that was doing a Cronenberg exhibit. Yeah, uh, career. You did not. You had no idea that was happening. Didn't know it was happening. Sh- I showed up. We were in Europe. It was in Prague. Um, yeah, he's been to Prague, guys. Okay. I didn't want to go there. Yeah, but he's in my been travels, to Prague. I'm in. I'm in the square in Prague eating a sausage. <laughs> I look over. I'm like Cronenberg. That must be German or Austrian yeah, or something. You, I, your instinct was, I assume that it was not like, not, not oh David. yeah, the David yeah. Cronenberg. Oh, clearly they're doing a David Cronenberg uh, Canadian filmmaker exhibit in Prague right now. <laughs> yeah. But it was. <laughs> it, it was exactly that. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, yeah, so I got a shirt there. That's that's the moral of that story. And uh, I got to see a bunch of cool props. But yeah. that uh, that almost feels like that should be its own episode. It but, should. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you're wearing the Cronenberg shirt. So I'm wearing shirt. it. I'm loving it. You know, the I'm wearing fly the- is one Morris of my the cat shirt. Favorites, uh, yeah. <laughs> Not as Morris. The, what is that from? What is? He was did the, I miss that he reference? He was the Nine Lives spokesman, the <laughs> spokes cat. <laughs> you know, Morris. Uh, he's he's finicky. Was what he was. I guess so. So I'm wearing my big old fat face Morris T-shirt. The dumbest thing to wear. To, everybody else is wearing their cool like shirts from boutique 
For the listener, like I'm, like, I'm like rubbing my yeah. eyes in that exhausted, like, oh, God. And I'm just like, oh, I got to go home and change. I'm going to put on my catcher. Oh, catcher. Yeah. <laughs> but so I was uh, – there's been a thing that's happened. But yeah, but with, I was the guy – sorry, I was the guy with the Cronenberg shirt who had not seen the Cronenberg movie they're playing <laughs> yeah. that night. So I'm a fraud. You had a Cronenberg I just want to make sure felt. everyone listening who's like, wait, he's a fan. He'd never seen The Brood. Yeah, I'd never seen The Brood, all right? Yeah, I'd I, seen you had your, a like, dozen other movies. That just yeah. said Cronenberg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, this one? No, never seen it. No, no. Didn't catch can't, it. Can't say I caught that one. One of his most popular. How long's it been one? out? Forty years? Hmm. Hmm. No. 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 Missed it. Doesn't ring a bell. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's been a thing that that is a great trend uh, at at whenever we either watch a movie at one of our movie days or we go to the yeah we do cult, movie cult, days we do long we, we watch a lot movie of movies days. yeah um, but a cult night a thing that's happened so many times now is where I've seen a movie before. And maybe I thought I thought it was fine. Like, sure. oh, it was good. I liked it. That but was you cool. See, you're seeing it on late night television or something. Yeah, or you or know, you're at your house I have or uh, with people at over. least a couple of Blu-rays at sure. my house, as you might have uh, seen. It's <laughs> an I've understatement. Seen a couple. It's an understatement. They're they're taking over. And um, <laughs> but no, I'll like you know you see a movie for the first time, and sometimes you're immediately absorbed into a flick sure and then other times it's like give me an example uh, what is what what's a movie that absorbed you immediately immediately absorbed i would say like most recent example in the theater mandy mm-hmm. i saw that in the theater sure. i avoided anything that it was about all i knew it was the guy that did beyond the black rainbow nice we went to the went to the theater and saw it and i was just like sucked in from Absolutely. the moment like i knew i didn't I, I did see it twice. I, I went back and later saw it with you mm-hmm. and and uh, loved it just as much. But then there's other movies where, I don't know, for whatever the first viewing, it doesn't hit me. Mm-hmm. And then there's been this trend that we see him at a cult night at our little theater, and I end up loving it on second viewing. Or it's a movie that I've seen a few times, and this cult viewing is my favorite viewing. Right. Like when they showed Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, yeah. I, I love Big Trouble in Little China. It's great. But watching it in the cult night, it's just like everybody's into it. They all love it, and it's just this great vibe. Right. The first time I saw The Lost Boys was at the cult night, and it was great hearing that like buzz through the crowd <laughs> when like a good scene is coming up. Like, oh, these people are into this movie, and they know what's happening, and I'm just right. along for the ride. <laughs> and But it's weirdly happened a couple times now with Cronenberg where he's shown a Cronenberg movie that I was cool with and then leave this viewing just, like, over the moon for it. Oh, yeah. Uh, like Scanners. Mm-hmm. We saw Scanners together, watched it one of our movie days, and I, th- I thought it was good. I thought it was fine. I love Michael Ironside, loved the concept, but it was, like, it wasn't my favorite Cronenberg movie. Right. And you watched, like, four other movies that day, so it's kind of right. Sometimes lost it's, in the shuffle. Yeah, it can. Yeah. Yeah, we, we'll, we'll watch up to six movies over the course of a, a day yeah. at my it's, place. It's an endurance test. It is. By the end, anything. it really does become like a... <laughs> I'm usually the first one to tap out, too. But no, <laughs> you're, you're, you're in it. Well, right? I tap out. Other people just fall asleep. But yeah, pretend so you, they're, they're not tapping out. Uh-huh. Oh, I can do another after they've uh, <laughs> been asleep through three movies. I think I could stay if everybody else is cool. Uh, so, yeah, when he showed Scanners, we had watched it and I had liked it. Mm-hmm. And then when you're just in the theater and you're 
got the gigantic visuals in front of you. I think Cronenberg has this psychological intensity that really can hit you mm. if you're just getting absorbed into it. And man, that's what happened with the brood. Brood, I had been telling people like, oh yeah, you know, it's a Cronenberg. It's not one of my favorite Cronenbergs, but you know, it's cool. It's Cronenberg. It's on the big screen. I'm going to see it. It is now right up there for yeah. me. After after the second viewing in the theater, man, it, it hooked me. And it was like, there was tons of moments where I was like, this is more intense than I want it to be right now. <laughs> like, this is, it's very intense, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I always find Cronenberg to be very provocative, challenging, never really scary, though, in that sense of the word. Okay. I was pretty scared at the end of this movie. Yeah, I'm trying to, let's... Like his, I was scared during during parts of the fly. I think this the fly has a lot of the lot fly, of scares. But again, I, I don't know. I don't know if I ever got scared because it's more just like repulsed. Like There's, his movies are more they they repulse. There you. is a repulsion factor, and True. Uh, you know I, I'm trying to think of you know I, I never really felt fear. Let's say in something like Scanners or The Dead Zone or Dead Ringers, but more of just this weird like. I uh like I shouldn't be fascinated by this, but I am. Yeah, kind of you know. Dead mor- is, morbid kind of curiosity. You couldn't call Dead Ringers horror, but no. it doesn't fit into a lot of. Yeah. If you just bill it as a drama, right? That's not really. <laughs> but you know, and, and, and <laughs> totally his, accurate. His earlier movies, uh, so he made Shivers and then Rabid before mm. this, and then he made some like car drag race movies. Fast Company. Probably, that'll probably be the one I never actually watched. What? It's got John Saxon. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll we see. We'll we came see. like this close to watching Fast Company just that, like I'm a not month interested. Ago. I'm not interested. It's You're, like it'd be like it'd be like a... John Carpenter made a movie about Elvis with Kurt Russell. Are you gonna are you gonna see the Elvis biopic? Okay, just because that's a dumb <laughs> example that I happen to have not seen. <laughs> that one's also not as easy to get well, as yeah, other. True. So I would see it. But yeah, but I also like seventies car movies. Basically, this movie, uh, I don't get scared by little kids, you know, in horror movies. I don't really. It's know, been a thing that's been done a lot now. This movie really, at the end, there's a scene. Uh, well, uh, yeah, we'll get to that. End, we'll get to the end. There's all these. There's stuff at the end that really genuinely fright. Not not just repulsed, not just challenged and provocatively, you know titillated me but mm-hmm. scared me yeah like, for sure the um the movie has this psychological kind of tightening vice feel to it that you don't kind of know the vice is being tightened until <laughs> that's a good way to put until it. it's already really tight right and then you realize how uh the movie's been setting you up yes basically i i totally agree with that and the payoff is coconuts well just like it's like <laughs> my god one of the greatest like i can't i'm like disappointed in myself that i'd seen this movie and that final 20 minutes didn't just like oh right immediately get under all of my well, skin again and maybe if you're watching it in a more casual setting you know the movie opens with this uh oliver reed you know the great powerful actor and, and this other guy who's bearded and almost crying already and yeah. and it starts very strangely and the movie doesn't really um i love actually the way that they structure the exposition and the plot because there's no person ever just there's no person sitting you down and just being like you know uh oh this is what happened 
Yeah. This is why we're here. You're just there all of a sudden. So you're you're at this. Uh, you get thrown tr- into the middle of you're this at the situation. Psych- psychological treatment center, but you don't even know if it's that in the beginning because you're seeing. It looks like a could, stage play. Yeah, you're seeing what beginning. could be theater. You're seeing what could be. Um, you know, yeah, something completely different than what it is. It looks it, like inside the actor's studio. Right. Where and there's like a yeah, couple people it, on stage and an audience. When it finally reveals itself to you. Yeah. And then, but then you're not, I never found myself confused. Mm-mm. You know? Well, so, there's so many, and I think these are people that I just. <laughs> and I don't really want to do a whole recap of the plot and everything. But no, I, mean, I get it. Uh, but there's you know, the there's way, so many the scenes that, that I like to talk about. We end up inadvertently do, going yeah, over the <laughs> in our own synopsis way. But there's so many people who can't just let a movie show you what it's about. Mm-hmm. They have to know all these details and they have to ask all these questions. And you know, you don't. You can just let this movie like you'll figure out the information you need right. to figure out. Right. And, and it really just throws you into. It's a cool way to start a movie because the crux of the movie, the activities have already been going on for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, his wife is at this uh, revolutionary treatment facility, which right. is kind of a cult Psych- psychological, also. Psychological, uh, yeah. It's like intense psychological therapy and a cult. Oh, There's yeah. definitely, definitely. A, a cult leader vibe to Oliver Reed, yeah. who's a great guy to be a cult leader therapist. He's so intense in this movie. Yeah, yeah, and it, he's, uh, you know, he's one of those guys that is always either too intense or like he's like that the seductive, you know. Um, he's yes, just, he's just got. He an has a, a kind of buttery Lothario yeah. vibe to him. Definitely draws you in. That can then turn into a crazy intensity quick. Right. He's a one of the most unique actors and one of the more celebrated actors. Not like he's some. No, absolutely. Some diamond in the rough, you know, like he he was a huge actor. Huge actor, especially in Britain and uh yeah. I mean, he's in Oliver. He's in like a there yeah. You go, right? He's, he's a star. Yeah. But by this time he's doing movies like The Brood. But it's it's <laughs> it's a great way that Cronenberg's such uh his eye is so good that, you know, to get Oliver Reed for this role. That had to be a pretty huge get. I have to this is probably his uh I think Fast Company came out before this. Right. But John Saxon isn't really on the... John Saxon will do some low-end genre work. Right. Like a few hundred yeah. low-end genre pieces because the dude's just an actor. Cronenberg is still very much like unknown yeah. to to a, maybe a wider... you know He's probably known in Canada, but maybe not quite known... For in, sure. In, Rabbit, Rabbit was cool. I love Rabbit. Yeah. And Shivers was cool. But those were... Most people that would see those would probably just think of them as like student films. You know, yeah. because they, people totally. are, I, I have coworkers that like the most important thing to them is modern production. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a coworker recently when they watched the new Halloween that came out, they went back and watched a couple of the older ones, and oh, then really? we're just like, how can you watch those? They look, they look so old. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, ah, yeah, that's why I don't watch movies with, uh, <laughs> with more people. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, uh, one yeah. of those people. And so this is like a super professional, uh, bigger budget movie with now a genuine star, yeah. Oliver Reed. And, you know, uh, Samantha Egger, who is oh, apparently you only know, did believe three it or, or not, four days on this movie. I didn't know much about I don't really know. Uh, it's a name that I know, but 
outside of her work in the brood, it's not stuff that She's, I've seen uh, a ton of. Well, just looking her up, she in the '60s played uh, opposite Cary Grant in a movie called Walk Don't Run, okay. which I have on Laserdisc. Oh, and okay. uh, she is like the lady lead in the original Doctor Doolittle. Huh. And uh, she goes on to do. I mean, she's she's got you know hundreds of you know, over a hundred credits, but uh, including Metalocalypse, she's a voice <laughs> as as recently as Metalocalypse. Well, she has an incredible voice. So, um, but yeah, uh, so f- yeah, for Cronenberg to get these people and, and yeah, the whole cast is great. Um, it's a really room. it's a good looking movie, and it's and the cast is really important. Not even just the uh, the looks of the people, as in good looks. He gets just a couple of genuinely off people. Mm-hmm. I'm talking the one guy with the neck growth. Absolutely. Uh, and the comb over. Yep. Who's just <laughs> like, there's something that's just making me uneasy about this guy. <laughs> like, he seems Great pretty normal, actors, but I'm not yeah. really, I don't, I'm getting bugged by seeing this guy. And it's like Cronenberg knows this. Absolutely. And, and the guy with the big beard who's, who's, in the uh, therapy sessions is calling Oliver Reed daddy because so basically these therapy sessions are Oliver Reed is trying to draw out the rage. From yeah. You. This he's, he's, deeply uh, closeted yeah. rage that these people have packed away for years. And I love that you really don't get an explanation on how he does that. Like I thought because we're watching this in, in the same night as altered states, which is about, Drugs. Mm-hmm. I assumed all these people were on drugs. That right. He, you and, thought that was the connection. But for... he, you never see him drugging these people. So he's just doing this therapy where he's trying to draw out the rage to manifest itself physically, which sounds like a bad idea. It to sounds me. terrible. Like, why would you want that? Yeah. <laughs> Another thing I was just disappointed in myself for, just looking down on my poor self, mm-hmm. seeing this brood, it, the whole concept of the movie felt like a much cooler idea to me this time around. Mm-hmm. This idea that there's an experimental therapist who people that have tried every other way of therapy that's not working for them, that he has this weird technique. And yeah, this physical manifestation of rage is such a cool Cronenberg concept. Yeah. The that shape this, of rage. Yeah, that this that. guy gets so... Uh, you know, he hates his father so much because he loves his father, and then it starts... He gets these boils all over his skin, right. you know, as, and Oliver Reed's like cosplaying as his father and to draw it out. And he keeps saying, go through it, go yeah. through it, go to the other side of this. Don't, don't quit in the middle. <laughs> don't quit. And it's just like, you're just licking these extreme close-ups of dude faces. And it's just like, Oh God, <laughs> this is, that's how the movie opens. Yeah. This is this, literally the opening scene. We're in this now. And yeah, you see this guy trying to confront, you know, the daddy issues and you're seeing, yeah, boils and, and marks and stuff appearing on his skin. And, and uh, yeah, I just love how there was no explanation for that. You're just watching it unfold and but being taken along for it, this. This time, and I don't know, I'm going to even just stop pretending like I've seen this movie before because <laughs> everything I now love about this movie was all from this experience. And it's this thing that was starting to hit pretty personal with me because I would say maybe 10 Maybe, yeah, maybe 10 years ago, I was at this job that I was not happy at. The owner was, uh, he was, <laughs> not great. he just had a super temper. Mm-hmm. And he did business by just yelling. He yelled at everybody. He yelled at all the employees, all the mechanics. And right. I would just be that on sucks. the other end of this dude yelling. And I'm, 
and I would just have to sit there and be just like, and I was refusing to meet his. Nothing frustrates somebody more by refusing to meet their emotional level. <laughs> right. And so they're just like, I'm really wanting to yell right now. And you're just like, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. And it just like sets them off even more because oh, they're man. not getting that feedback. And while I was there, I, I developed psoriasis hmm. uh, on my neck, chest, and part of my side. Just this scaly, bumpy, like, I just thought it was like, cool, I'm getting older. <laughs> You know, I'm 30, right. now I got some psoriasis issues, <laughs> cool, 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 and I didn't think about it, but I, I had it for probably six months, and I can still see old photos, there's like major discoloration on my neck and upper chest, Wow. and eventually uh, got laid off after wanting to quit for several months, but then deciding, this guy's such an asshole, I'm just going to do nothing and see how long it takes for him to fire me. <laughs> Took another six months, apparently, of me literally just waiting. Just not getting the to job be, done. Yeah, just oh, waiting man. to be fired. That's funny. And uh, just because, like, <laughs> like, fuck that guy. You know, and, that's like a Simpsons <laughs> thing, right? It's like, yeah. son, you you don't like your job. You don't quit. You just go in and do a half-ass yeah. job. <laughs> it's like, I, once, I, once, I, once I realized, like, this is not for me, uh, but, I mean, I don't have anything else lined up, so right. that's, that's this funny. guy. And... So got laid off within two days of me leaving, not a trace hmm. of psoriasis, nothing. I mean, there was no evidence that this had been, and it had been on my body for over six months. That's crazy. And so seeing these people's like physical rage manifesting itself on their skin and stuff, it was like, oh, wow, that that actually, that happened. That's a thing. Like, I did right? this. This Damn. is crazy. Yeah. Right. And so, but as a concept, of course, Cronenberg goes- much freakier with it. Very extreme. He is the Baron of Blood, after all. Right? Yes. Isn't that a, is that a yeah. thing? Do I don't know. know that? <laughs> I, I saw that written somewhere. Yeah. That might be Clive Barker, too. Um, but yeah, Cronenberg <laughs> is, a, is a sick man. And uh, what he decides to do with the Shape of Rage is uh, to develop a brood because Nola, the woman who's. Yeah, been that's in, the whole point. Yeah, yeah. The, the main character in the movie, his wife, has been seeing. Yes. She's been trapped there. Yeah. She's in isolation therapy. She gets to see her daughter, but the daughter comes back from uh, a visit with mom all bruised up and beaten. And so obviously uh, the dad thinks something's up. So, he's, yeah. you know, he's trying to figure out what's going on and trying to protect his daughter. And the daughter is basically comatose this entire time. Yeah. Um, the daughter. She's man. a great. I, she, I've only seen. I don't think she's in much else. I only saw one or two other credits for her. Yeah. Cindy Hines uh, plays Candace this eight-year-old and uh not the girl from poltergeist no she but sometimes looks a lot very like much, uh yeah Heather from very much looks like her but but plays her character very um believable as like very believable child like it's uh, how old would you say like six seven i think she was eight when they met okay it. um and then but she's just got that very like shut down like so, way that you you know there's some pretty emotionally stressful stuff that you could tell she was just in the room for yeah it's not like there was a dance around where that's like oh well we're filming these people doing something monstrous and the child's not even in the room they cut back <laughs> no it's like the kids in there there was one so i wanted to point this out yes since you mentioned the bruising on her body mm. so the father goes to you know bathe his daughter and he finds just bruises and scratches and bite marks on mm -hmm. her body and so he's taking all these polaroids of her like to show the abuse and i'm like man that is some on-set props that you just have to burn afterwards. <laughs> like, you can't just have... 
Polaroids of like of a, a shirtless eight-year-old bruised up? From the back, yeah. Just, oh, you know what I thought in that scene? <laughs> what I thought in that scene was how it's 1979, so he's taking these photos, and then uh, you see him... Um, he takes a bunch of Polaroids, and you see him sorting through the Polaroids. And yeah. some of them didn't and come out well. throwing out the ones that didn't come out. And it's like, 40 years ago, you just had to take a bunch of pictures and see which ones came out when yeah. they developed. Like, you Check couldn't go out. through and edit, and there's no <laughs> filter. He throws away about half a dozen photos that just, for some reason, didn't go, yeah. didn't come uh, out right. where the lighting was bad on this, or I jiggled uh, the Polaroid too much. People probably wasted so much money on bad Polaroids yeah. back in the day. Anyway, Well, I'm just thinking of this, like... What did they do with those? Because that's <laughs> that's something that will like get you on a list well, if you oh, if you had like oh yeah here's some uh, they probably I, I, they had to have burned those you can't just be like oh yeah this is my movie memorabilia question here's a uh, eight Polaroids <laughs> of the abused daughter yeah. from the prop like, master oh. on that movie is like guys uh, yeah <laughs> you really these <laughs> have to be to burned after being used <laughs> in this scene and there's uh and that girl has to go through. A bunch of that kind of mm. stuff that was really just intense, and 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 she plays it like she's not acting, like that's the thing. And and at the end there, that that the thing that gets me so scared is when there's a scene where she's been comatose for so long, and when she finally starts screaming, yeah. I, it freaked me out, dude. Yeah, you like, barely hear this girl talk. Yeah, she doesn't make a facial expression for about an hour, and then yeah. she freaks out at the end and starts screaming, and like it was intense there's so in our first introduction to the mutant children so the brood are these mutant children that again, we later find out rage, that yeah our physical rage manifestations pretty from samantha idea, man it's a crazy idea <laughs> don't know why i didn't give this thing more credit the first time because <laughs> holy fucking... god it's a great idea yeah. and it's actually executed really impressively but there's a scene where she's staying with her mother-in-law Staying with Grams. Oh, yeah. And the grandma gets just jumped by one of these things and meat tenderized to death. Yeah. Just gets clubbed. And it's this idea of like, there's so many slow, long ass deaths in this movie. Yeah. Just people just getting hammered by like a like a half pound hammer to death. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like how Some, many t- something that you would find on your stove. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just like getting flicked to death, just like when you well, and it's like the you know usually you have uh, someone like a leatherhead or leatherface is uh, mm-hmm. it hits them once and they're out. Yeah, big these, old. These are little kids. They're 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 children sized people who are yeah. It takes a while for them to beat it yeah. out of these. It's that certain level of horror that some movies can get to that like I'm an idiot. You know, <laughs> leatherhead. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Just want to make sure everyone acknowledges I'm an idiot. All right, <laughs> leather. <laughs> that old football playing psycho. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. That's life with so Charlie. There is. Uh, <laughs> there's been some moments in scenes with. These like that really force you to imagine a slow death. I'm I'm like in Jurassic Park mm. when that dude gets eaten by compies. Oh a little yeah, time. yeah, it's like oh cool. So just fifteen of those things just nibbled on him until he died. Yep. Like oh my gosh, like give me a bear attack, man. <laughs> just let me get just walloped just by a out. bear a couple yeah. of times, just like nibbled to death. And there's so many light clubbing to death. Yes. In this movie, just a little hammer or a little meat tenderizer 
with the strength of, you know, an eight-year-old. Yeah. Just so an, an eight-year-old pounding you with a hammer to death. And again, I like how we don't really know why mother-in-law, grandma gets targeted for this no. murder. Like, obviously, this isn't just like a random uh, animal in the Not, house yeah. that attacked. Like, she's stalked and killed in the kitchen. And then the same thing happens with the dad and then the the te- and, and obviously yeah, teacher we, and but we're not told what's going on until the end when we're told what's going on which is how the damn movie should be i don't Ugh. you know it's like it's, one of those the way where, everything unfolds is so beautiful yeah. and so intense and so horrifying and god that scene where the girl is at her her school mm-hmm. and the teacher the school the, the school, school scene is one of the more horrifying is, things. Was also very, uh, just very disturbing. Yeah, and the idea that because we watched the, this school teacher get clubbed by a couple of these guys, by a couple of these little these little mutants. brooders. Yeah, and they brooders. and I love how they just walk into the class. Like it's such an ominous and very scary way where he intro- he shows you that these two uh, brood creatures, whatever, have walked into the classroom and no one's noticed them, and they. Yeah. And they just walk up. They're to wearing them. their full snowsuits because like, the so, movie's in Canada like, winter. There's such a, like, your gut is just like, oh, boy, here we yeah. go. But yeah. there's just this and, visuals yeah. of a bunch of children watching their teacher get clubbed to death yeah. by two kids. And, like, the kids are just jumping on. And, like, and then it's just basically a dozen children standing around crying, unable to process this trauma Clearly, that they've now been... Yeah. A part of. They did not get the active shooter drills that all of our kids get these. Yeah, days. right. <laughs> and yeah, it was very disturbing to watch. And and those kids again, they don't look like they're acting. It kind of no. looks like David Cronenberg just filmed in a classroom and then like w- didn't tell the kids what was going <laughs> to happen. You know? Yeah. You and then to- all of a sudden, like two creatures just jump on this woman, and the kids are like, not sh- not sure what's going down right no. now. Yeah. Yeah. It's. It's impressive, and you know parents are total monsters if they want to get their kids in the movies, so it's just like, so what's my kid got to do in this one? Watch a woman get savagely beaten and then just cry? Yeah, my kid's going to be a star. So what is that? What do you get for a day rate? You get 50 bucks? All right, we're yeah. in. Uh, putting these kids, I would love to do a follow-up on the dozen or so kids in that classroom scene. Yeah, right. And just be like, okay, so you were eight when you had to do- you remember anything about You have that? to imagine there's so much- it's got to be impossible to work with kids. When you get a genuinely good child acting performance, mm. imagine all the like, how do you make a kid self-aware of acting? How mm-hmm. do you make a kid be like, oh, you know, I better do, better turn this way because it's going to read better. It blows my, it all has to be a director and, well, and somebody then, coaxing. I can only them. imagine there's a, so yeah, at the end of this movie, the brood is attacking or trying to get to this little girl, oh. Cindy Hines. How do you, uh, you know, assure her as an actor that this is like pretend? Yeah. You know, it's like it's one of those just like you have to make a game out of it. I, yeah, I would you assume, have to right? like, I was thinking that same thing because they're trying to break down a door to get to her. Right. And she's on right on the other side of the door getting her shirt grabbed by them. Yeah. And these bloody hands. It looks hand- violent. It like, looks so violent. Like they're not, it's not kid gloves. They're grabbing and like really yanking really at her. Really yanking at her. Yeah. And you have to. There has to be somebody telling her, you know, hey, this is all pretend. You're not going to get hurt. Totally, You're doing right? this. But then also how are, scream your ass off. Yeah, <laughs> when but the how are, are kids rolling? able to turn on like how are they able to fake it so real basically? Yeah. Cuz that looked like 
if if your child had lived through that, like, man, I wouldn't be shocked if your kid never talked again. Yeah. But so no, it's, it it feels especially with her that that kid Cindy. Uh, what's her name? What's her, her name? Her name. The actress's name is. Her character name was Candace, wasn't it? Candy. Yeah. Yep. Candy. Uh, mm-hmm. The the actress's name was Cindy Hines. Cindy Hines. Well, but, so there's an earlier scene when yeah. she finds her uh, grandma mm-hmm. who had been beaten. Oh yeah. And we get a long shot of her silently, slowly walking to the kitchen where the accident and uh, assault took oh, place. it was no accident, It brother. was no accident. It was murder. Yeah. <laughs> and you get this long shot of her silently walking, and there's something vaguely not human about her walking. Did you notice how weird, like, I even leaned over and to uh, uh, our, another friend that was there yeah. and was like, like, man, she's... The way she's moving is really making me uneasy. These kids weird me out. Well, and then yeah, you were expecting something to be wrong with her almost. Sure, the whole time. Whole right? time yeah, you're expecting like, her to have she's some kind be of one of them psychological or control, or yeah, a yeah. part of a part of it, basically. The brood, a part of the brood, <laughs> the brood, to brood. Um, yeah, I'll... but uh, she was great throughout, and it was a su- it was one of the more demanding child roles yeah. that I've seen, and. Uh, Let's get let's get back to her. Oliver Reed. Let's talk about Oliver Reed's uh, turtlenecks and bathrobes. First, I want I want to point out that through the first <laughs> that's all I really want to talk through the about. first half of this movie, we don't see Oliver Reed in anything but assorted robes. Yeah, the very first scene he's Furs. wearing like a he's the, when he's doing the intense uh, cosplay therapy, he appears to be wearing like his Luke Skywalker. He really does robe. Yeah, the Absolutely. tan, you know, like. Very, very Skywalkery totally. as he's doing these, and you know the whole movie we're seeing it. We're third row, uh, we're, which I love. Up in it, we're up in it. Up in the guts. And this, and there's tons of these shots of Oliver Reed's big old meaty cinder block <laughs> of a face. The guy's got yeah. like a crazy jaw and intense eyes, and yeah. you're just seeing it's Reed. like it's like if your head was bloated but not it was like <laughs> but it's very like structured at the, you know yeah. it doesn't look fat but it's he's huge on screen he's yeah that oliver reed oliver reed plays so well on a screen oh totally like there's a reason this guy make it, was yeah. a mega mega deal like oh my god <laughs> he was such a great choice for this and getting to see him creepily and manipulatively work through this therapy what i love about his character is He's he's got this strong cult leader vibe, mm-hmm. and it seems like malarkey what he's doing, right? But he also seems to be genuinely helping these people. It's not like he wants to just. It's not like he has ulterior motives. Yes, he he actually wants to give these people therapy. He's he, not a villain. He's not a a shyster. Yeah, it's not right? a con. Yeah, like he's. So he's this manipulative, almost evil guy who has good intentions. He gets results. And it's a hard, (laughs) it's not a character that's easy to pull off Mm -hmm. or easy to write, you know, because it's hard to, you don't really want to be on Oliver Reed's side during this movie. And you're really not. 
No, I, I mean I'm the not. movie doesn't present him that way. He doesn't yeah. present him as sympathetic or yeah. at all. He, but, but he's doing good work for yeah. these people. For for about the first half of the movie, especially, he seems to be like uh, he's keeping these patients prisoner almost mm-hmm. for his you know experiments, and they're trying to build a case against him. Yeah, and they're trying to uh, do everything they can legally to to get. Like he these doesn't people allow out of people to leave once yeah. they're there. He lives in this gigantic. Mountains Estate, which apparently has two parking spots. Very suspicious. Yeah. Did you notice that? <laughs> Not a lot of visitors. This is a long driveway, and then there's like, well, there's already like a not, car here, so I got to wedge in over to the side Yeah, there's here. not even a parking She's spot. It's like, what? There's like 70 people there. <laughs> Where, how do they have a bus? <laughs> but yeah, at the end, you know, he, he tries to do the right thing mm-hmm. at the end. And, and yeah, you don't know. It, the movie, it doesn't try to treat it as a mystery, mm-hmm. but- you just expect this guy to be harvesting some kind of, you know, plan to take over the world or something. Uh, right. He seems like a super villain. Turns out he's just a no. He he is just a super experimental therapist. Yeah. He is as advertised. He really well. It, again, yeah. It's like he he was genuine in his endeavor to try to to form this shape of rage. Again, mm-hmm. I think that's the worst idea. You yeah, could, you could possibly come up with as to let's how do we channel the rage? Let's let's manifest it physically. Yeah, nothing. Obviously, nothing good came of that. No, um, but, I'm not sure what the you know. It's like, are we supposed to bottle it and you know, like get it out? And I could see the idea of what you wanting to ex- extract mm-hmm. something from someone psychologically through a physical manifestation. It's, a, it's such but, a cool concept of removing a horrible feeling from a person you know removing a memory or removing you know like not you're not just helping them get over it it's like he's literally physically getting it out of their body so it's not a part of them anymore right now this is the thing you don't have to carry because you've able to externalize this thing physically but he's an awesome idea but then in practice you know he has he hasn't really succeeded in doing that until nola and obviously sure. she's the one that is actually manifesting the rage in the way that he wanted, and it's not going well. Mm-mm. Like, it doesn't seem to be working. She, he's now had to move her to the shed. The shed. Out back. Where, because, uh, so the brood can live upstairs. Yeah. So he's housing the brood while he's doing this. So, like, there is a there is that bit of a mad scientist vibe where he's got, he's clearly in over his head. Yeah. But he's playing it like. I got, I got it. Yeah, that's. I know exactly what uh, I'm doing. I, I kind of. The more I think about the character, the more I love it because there's, there's so many ways to turn him into a cheesy villain. Mm-hmm. You can make him the mad scientist who this is his plan, and uh, uh, yeah, but no an army of broods. He's a guy yeah. who's. It's a fascinating character because he's this therapist who is apparently the only guy able to do this actually effective but dangerous technique, and now. The technique has kind of gotten, uh, he's gotten over his skis a little bit exactly, on yeah. this technique. And so he's still trying to play it cool and thinking he can harness this thing. But then it comes to a point where he's like, look, we fucked up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's, uh, this is uh, beyond my control. It's in one right. of those like quiet, understated, like, look, uh, I know what we're doing here, yeah. but uh, it's gotten out of hand. There's a scene at the end where, yeah, where, so dad, uh, you know, Dad is trying to save the daughter, right? So now Dad's the daughter eventually gets up. kidnapped by the yeah. brood. The brood eventually shows up. Yeah, when they kill the teacher at the classroom, they take the daughter. What Dad, Dad's trying. Scene. So Dad shows up to try to get the daughter back, and Oliver Reed pulls a gun on him in the most 
like unobtrusive way I've ever seen anyone pull a gun on anyone in any movie or anything, right? Where he just kind of turns around and goes, uh, oh, God, I, I want to make sure I get the guy's uh, name well, right. Frank is the dad's yeah. name, and Oliver Reed, his, his, he's Dr. Hale Raglan. Raglan. Uh, he, goes, he goes, Frank, I've got a gun. Okay. Yeah, you know, he's just well, like look. Yeah, so Frank, so they've been trying. <laughs> so he's trying the, to do the good thing, but he's also got to pull a gun on you. A large part of the movie is Frank wanting to get his wife back, right. wanting to basically break her out of this institution, mm-hmm. and then her father goes up there, and they won't even allow Frank or the father to see this woman. Like she's being kept in total isolation. Oliver Reed's the only person, and that's why he seems like such a villain. Because mm-hmm. you imagine this. Imagine the scenario of the husband who just wants his wife back that you've centered this place. Mm-hmm. And but by the time the movie starts, she's already been there for some time. I also and love, it doesn't really we don't yeah, say we don't that. even really get the full story of why she's there to begin well, with. Well, you assume this this you assume trauma you, with her father right. is her or or just in general some obviously something's going on but you let the, yeah he lets your mind kind of fill in the blanks. Of, well, there's the the pretty intense scene between Samantha Egger and Oliver Reed, where he's playing her father mm-hmm. and talking about, and she was, we learn that she's been was heavily abused by her mother, right? And so she's working through mother and father issues, and but yeah, this it's this. Cronenberg is so I love this guy so much. This guy is, <laughs> means so much to me as a filmmaker because there's so many easy exits that could have been taken with the brood. Like, so many, like, not even cliched, because there's directions he could have gone that would have been more obvious, but still not done what other people are doing. Right. You expect there to be some kind of sexual relationship between Reed and his patients. There's not. He's literally just a therapist. Like, he's not trying to be a cult leader for you know, hey, now I get to have sex you're, with all these. Yeah, like, you're you're people. waiting for his uh, his ulterior motive to show yeah, up. Yeah, and they they don't. And so this husband is now forced into this role of a cuckold without actually with nothing sexual going on. Just mm. now another man has possession of his wife, and he's not being allowed to see her. And then her father is not allowed to see her. And so you the whole time you think. Oliver Reed is obviously a total monster. Mm-hmm. Until like, obviously. even when you realize he's telling the truth, it's like, oh, that's still, mm-hmm. still pretty. That sucks. What you've uh, put these people through, and so I love. It, it would have been super easy for you know the plot to be, oh no, Oliver Reed's keeping this woman private because Oliver Reed wants him all for her, himself, and right. but it doesn't do any of that. It just forces this husband into the most uncomfortable forced trust. He and, has to trust Oliver Reed, and Oliver Reed doesn't seem like a dude <laughs> that anybody. No, he's got a gun on tr- him. Yeah. Oh, so even as he's like, "Here's how we're gonna," because at the end, basically, yeah, he's like, "Okay, my daughter." You know, Frank shows up. Uh, Frank tells, shows up. Tells Doctor Hal. Tells Doctor Hal. All right, my daughter's here. Shit's gone crazy. There's a brood. I know what's going on. I think. You yeah. Know? And uh, so they have to work together to. to Get the daughter out. Frank goes to talk to his wife, Nola, who's been kept in isolation. And then she turns in to kind of the, you know, the villain. She becomes the villain. She, the yeah, it, you realize that the... So I love the whole final 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. Where Frank... So we get her, Nola's father 
going up to the Institute and drunkenly, frustratedly wanting to get his daughter back. And Oliver Reed just being this annoying... I mentioned earlier about how I was obnoxiously calm while being red-faced screamed at by an old boss. Right. That's Oliver Reed in this movie. Mm -hmm. Because people are showing up and being like, threatening him, grabbing at his lapels, being like, you give me back my... And him just being like, I can't do that. She needs to complete this. It's all part of the process. There's a lot of cult leaders have damaged a lot of people by telling them to just trust the process mm-hmm. no you this is good she can't quit now you need to trust this gotta like, go all the way through gotta right? go through it yep. gotta go through it and uh he keeps this obnoxious calmness through with when dealing with these people who just want their loved ones back right and when frank finally shows up and he kind of catches oliver reed off guard you know slams him up against the shed where his wife's being taken yep. uh, being held and that's when Oliver Reed just kind of like, what are, what are we doing here, Frank? Like, <laughs> and that's when, when when he... That's when he pulls a gun on him. Yeah. yeah. Frank, I've got a gun. I've, I've got a gun. I've got a gun, Frank. <laughs> uh, just the coolest, like, casually smooth, removing this like, pistol. I don't, want to, I don't want to panic you, but... it's And so you get this great scene. And I'm not... I don't know the actor that played uh, Frank. Cronenberg. Does he get just some Canadian guys? Art Hindle. It's a, it's a long role. I mean, yeah. he's the emotional center of of a lot of the a lot of scenes in this movie. Uh, pretty pretty uh, impressive. I think performance the the him. one thing Art Hindle would be known for is he was in Black Christmas. Um, mm. Of course. Yeah, and he was in a few. Th- he was in Porky's. He's in wow. a few things back in the day. But that's embarrassing. You know, Black Christmas. He's is got like, a lot of acting credits. Uh, probably a lot yeah. of Canadian. Yeah. I, I know the name. Black Christmas is my favorite horror movie of the seventies. Literally. Nice. And uh, yeah, he's the right. He's the uh, the boyfriend. Uh, I didn't totally recognize him. I'm just gonna say because it was seven years later. Yeah, we've all aged Fair in enough. seven years. But uh, <laughs> you, I loved the scene, uh, the drawn out scene between Oliver Reed and uh, Frank, where he Frank realizes like, God, I gotta team up with this dude. Mm-hmm. Like he has viewed Oliver Reed as nothing but his sole enemy. And then it's that moment where you're accepting. Ah, I got to yeah. t- I got to team up with this guy because it's the only way. You know, yeah, exactly. That it's the only way, and he cares more about getting his daughter out of there and and his wife. Yeah, and so that's when you finally get the whole movie. You get just a visual. You're getting you under you're picking up on what's happening, but it's not. Cronenberg's not simple enough to just outright have one of those annoying scenes where one character's just like, well, this guy's doing this thing. That's and this I, is, right, like, exactly. You don't get it like laid out for you in a stupid dialogue moment. So Oliver Reed is then telling him at length about what he's been trying to do with Nola, his wife. And that's when he finds out she's the one, you know, her rage has been manifesting in these creatures, yes. these little mutant Candaces who just have their little goblin faces and they're, I love I who's lo- buying the snowsuits for I these kids. Lo- <laughs> Where the snow There's like 18 come- snowsuits on all these little children. I gotta assume Oliver Reed is buying. Oliver Reed's just like you know what? Go down to the TJ Maxx. There's a, buy up some snowsuits. Yeah, there's a great scene where um, they actually ca- capture and then the one of the little brood creatures dies. So they do like a full autopsy and it's got no yeah. teeth. It's got no belly button. 
And then there's this great scene where the detective is like, yeah, we sorry. We did had no idea that this uh, would have existed or else we would have <laughs> checked for that, I guess. Yeah. You know, it's like because uh, the, the creature's hiding in the house for like half the movie. <laughs> yeah. That's another thing. We don't even get into that. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I, I love, yeah, I love the scene where um, he, uh, now we have to get to the, the funniest part of the brood. Oh, we're getting. Oh, think, I think we need to get so, into. So they have to hatch a plot. So yeah, all these right? little mutants that we find out Samantha Eggers' character, who yeah, like you said, you said she filmed the movie in four days. She was. She's basically only. Yeah, she's, she's in the movie for maybe days. like fifteen minutes yeah. total. But she's so important to it she and so excellent. Doesn't blink once. Oh in, God! In any Those scene, eyeballs. She's in. she's, a, she's terrifying. And she doesn't even have these like wide, large eyes. She has kind of you know narrow eyes, but they're so focused. Yeah, She's and oh right my you. god, she yeah. she has um, Cronenberg has a way of getting people with uh, unique features, mm-hmm. not necessarily distracting and not weird looking people, but he he knows his way around like a good face. Mm-hmm. You know, you think of some think of the people in like. Think of Videodrome. James Woods, even though now he has brain worms. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Sorry, he had like a good face. You know, he's got like a speech impediment. Sure. He's got kind of a unique look to him. He's not Hollywood handsome, He's but he's got a good face. Oh, yeah. And contrast that with Debbie Harry in yeah. Videodrome. Like put those two faces yeah. Debbie together. Debbie Harry's gorgeous, but she doesn't look like got everybody. Look. Yeah. And so he's got like, a, and even this Art Hindle guy who plays Frank, He his face is kind of weirdly scrunched but he also has an oliver an oliver reed we already talked about his face right. like my gosh that <laughs> the jaw and the head on oliver reed so we're spending a lot of time in the faces of these people mm-hmm. <laughs> and cronenberg just has a cool way of getting people with he knows good looks yeah like a good face to carry a movie yeah so the plot at the end there that frank's got to go in and talk to his wife nola keep her calm he has because, to pretend that he wants her back. Yeah, the, the 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 brood has got the daughter up in the attic where they all live. Mm-hmm. So Doctor uh, Raglan is going to go up there, grab the daughter. But if Nola gets mad, the brood yeah, gets the brood mad. gets mad. Yeah, they're since psychically the, connected. Since here. these are physical was, rage manifestations. What was the thing they kept calling it? Psychoplasm or? Oh, uh, you're gonna, like, you'll have to look it up. I'm going to have to look up the, the actual... semblance or something. It was like the, psychoplasmic... Uh, yeah, they, they acted they like it was it. just a thing. It, they acted like it was a thing. It's not a thing. I don't think this I don't is a think real thing. A, I don't think it's a thing. Not but, positive, but... But, uh, yeah, Frank's got to go keep Nola calm, pretend like, hey, we're going to get back together. I love you. Yeah. And uh, that doesn't really work. Yeah, So because Oliver Reed <laughs> has to go up amongst... And he's got to sneak around the brood, and it's like that thing where it's like, don't wake the. It's like he's in that sleeping dragon lair where uh-huh. it's like every step. He's in the vampire like, coven, and they're the, all sleeping, exactly. and uh, or and then the one brood like kid wakes up and is like kind of looking at him, but but it's not angry enough yet to do anything. Yeah, they can't really act until they're angry, so yeah. they start just waking up and becoming aware and like of Oliver Reed. That's so we get up. so much slow, like Oliver Reed making a. Shit, kind of face, just like as he's tiptoeing through the room, just eyeing them, just like okay, yeah. But there's right, this right, slow, right. right? It's a slow build of him creeping through the hall, you know, this this room with all. They're the in like beds. a little dormitory, yeah, upstairs, like summer camp, basically mm-hmm. for and, mutants. And then Frank trying to get Nola to be chill, 
uh, she, <laughs> the scene is, she lashes out, gets angry, and as soon as she gets angry, in the next room, we cut to Oliver Reed <laughs> taking a take yeah. to the camera. Oliver Reed like hears he heard the, her get angry, and he and knows he, he knows the angry. jig is up. It is such a beautiful like <laughs> moment. So in the we're middle of this intense. Yeah, we are in this intense terrible thing happening where I just it was like a it was like a Looney Tunes cartoon or something. Oliver where, Reed was like the ears you know perked huh? up. <laughs> yeah, Oliver Reed just did this this facial visual that totally. just was like huh? <laughs> like what? Because he's like sneak. He's in the he. It, it, they wait until he's in like the dead center of the room. Yeah. So he's surrounded by these mutants, and then you hear a uh, and it's work. The uh, I love how Frank's so funny. Frank's plan is working because he's like you know I I need you like I, I need you more than anyone like I want you back and she's like seems like she's buying into it and mm. calm and then she's like. At a, with no warning, she's just like, "You're lying. No, yep. you're. This isn't how you feel." And then she starts to get mad, and her voice starts to rise. And then we cut to Oliver Reed, right. pop, basically popping into frame, <laughs> just going like, "Whoa, shit!" Like, because he can hear this rage she building. She getting mad. She yeah. getting mad. <laughs> and he knows that he's now surrounded by like twenty oh mutant kids. And it's like it's like a scene where you're like again like you're in the den. And you're trying to sneak through, and then you snap on the twig. Uh-huh. You know, it's like the same reaction. It's so funny. Yeah, you get you you sneak in fr- from your parents' house, and you're walking down the hallway to your room, and the floorboard creaks, and you just freeze, like waiting. So good. And so we had been the theater had been quiet. The theater had been well, the yeah. intensity went over well. We're taking it in. Yeah, like our I I love I only know maybe you know an eighth of the people that attend these things. Uh, even though I see the other people regularly. Yeah. We, we have see, a lot of regulars. Yeah, we're not getting coffee with these people. We, they're at the movie. Every we see them week. at the movie a couple times a month. Yeah. And, but it's a good, uh, it's a respectful crew. And the theater was, was into the intensity of this. Mm-hmm. And then we get Oliver Reed <laughs> doing this like, Ooh! like dog face. And I kind of let out a, <laughs> yeah, I let out I a chuckle, laughing. and then I, I couldn't so stop laughing at it. <laughs> and then it had this, like, it felt like it had this, the theater was now finally like, oh, okay, we can take an emotional break totally. for, like, a, a few seconds. Because the more... Yeah, not thank, a lot of comic relief in the brood no. up until that moment. Thankfully, it was only, it wasn't the situation where I'm the doofus yeah. who's laughing, and the rest of the people are like, who's this? Oh, my God, <laughs> this guy. This guy. But luckily, it kind of had a snowball, and so other people. It was real. It was genuinely funny. The, the the editing on that was just too good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Oliver Reed is a super ham. Yeah, he's a hammy guy. He's an amazing, excellent, powerful actor. But the dude knows how to chew up oh, a yeah. scene. He got it. And he was definitely just his face, man. I cannot forget his face when it cuts back to him, just like. Oh. Yeah. Like I was like knowing that his world is about to be wrecked. <laughs> <laughs> like Oliver Reed making a like still gets that kid out though. Yeah, about like to have like... the worst death possible face, <laughs> and because uh, so basically I I make the theater laugh right before we all know that the S yeah. is hitting the fan. So good though. And so once Samantha Egger, who for an actress that I'm. Like I said, I know the name, 
and I've seen it in other she's stuff. Gonna, and we're I gonna know, have to put her in the hat. Yeah, Clearly I know I've, she's got to yeah, go she, in the hat. She's in the hat. <laughs> uh, I know I've seen her in. I had to have seen her other stuff because I look at her IMDb profile and I know I've seen yeah. some of these things, but I've seen a lot of people. And in, in this movie, though, has to be her crowning achievement. It is perfect casting, perfectly played. She is, I mean... She just, turns into, like, an animal at the end. Yeah. It's such a... Con- like, there's a, there's a moment... There, the This is, like, the way you'll never forget Oliver Reed's face. I'll never forget she the way she reads this line where she, she tells Frank, her husband... I'm on a strange journey or something like that. Yeah. And he's like, I want to go on that journey with you. Yeah, he's she, still trying to save this. Yeah, he's still this situation. Trying, <laughs> trying to play like it's I cool. want to also do, do I, that. I want to do this. Yeah. She does this line reading where she says, do you? Yeah. Oh. Do you? Do and, you? And she, the, there's this moment where she kind of just turns into a snake. Yeah. And it's very- like, uh, With her face and, 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 and I never would have, like, it was just one of those, like, that, that, I've never thought that someone saying "Do you" would scare uh-huh. me. It was like it scared me. You say, "I'm glad you said snake-like, yeah. like a snake, snake-like," because <laughs> she had very like. Uh, this is gonna sound like I'm dragging this poor woman's looks, uh, even though oh, she's, no. she's she's a gorgeous, she's a very pretty woman. Yeah, but she has kind of lizardy reptilian features. Well, because she doesn't blink in yeah. the whole movie, so you get yeah. She but doesn't. Like, I. I. I bet if I go back and literally watch, I bet. Watch I bet it's a blinks. thing. I bet she does not blink. <laughs> at least in that last scene. Yeah. Oh, that last scene is smoldering. That it's, is. Yeah. Maybe in some of the scenes where she's work doing therapy, but, dude. At the end, but in there, the end, it she is like is just you on another level. These, these eyeballs. Yeah. <laughs> but she. Ha- you know, she has like a small nose, and, uh, just the way she's, the way she moves her face reminds me of. This might sound dumb, but I think I think this is accurate. Okay. Reminds me of the hypnotic snake in the Jungle Book. Yeah, absolutely. Like the way she no, totally. the way she moves her face yes. into me I mean. is yes. Like and kind of like curls up her chin towards him. Like it had that hypnotic yeah. snake vibe to it. Yeah, and and it was so scary. It's ominous, and then it's almost like the way she, the second time when she's like, "Do you?" It's like a dare. Mm-hmm. It's like you really like want to see how what's... far are you going to take this, and then, Frank? And then that's when she says you want to see, and then oh. she comes out with the big reveal, the big reveal, the which, flick. You know, I don't know. Do we even spoil there's, that? There's is no that way you're you're through this for like an hour. You get yeah. You guys like have if had you the guys are movie told if you to guys you. pause yeah. pause the pod right now. Go watch the brood. Mm-hmm. We'll give you four seconds right here. <laughs> Two. All three, right. Four. All right. So the. The big reveal where she opens her robe and she has this external, like, uterus placenta sac that's growing thing. She has weird growths on her torso and just has this external, you know, baby-making sac on the outside of her bod. Yep. And it's ready to roll. It is ready to go. And uh, there's no birthing. She just kind of... She just kind of slices it open. She just opens it up with her hands. Yeah, and just lot of, takes that baby out. A lot of thick blood comes out of, of there. A lot of really oh man, Cronenberg viscous. Cronen- this is actually a pretty bloody movie. Like the deaths are all really pretty bloody. Yeah, and there's like these scenes where that you see that just the whole handprint, you know, of blood on mm-hmm. the banister mm-hmm. and stuff. But at the end, there, man, it's just like 
Cronenberg just spends all the money on the red syrup. Yeah, it man. is so bloody at the end. It is. It's one of the most horrifying things I've seen where she brings <laughs> this baby, rips it out of this like, you know, womb, this external womb, and she's holding this baby and looking no blinking, no blinking, just straight eye contact with Frank. Never which, breaks eye contact. No, which means she's making eye contact with us for yes, most of the time. Exactly. And then starts cleaning the baby with her tongue. Just licking this baby, all while like, making shit. direct eye contact oh, with her husband. Be like, this is the journey. Yeah. You want to be on you, this journey? Is this what you want? This is because this, this is what we do lick, now. Lick, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just from from ass to to crown, she is licking these. The Not baby. doing a great job, by the no. way. No, it's still oh, pretty so blood. Much, it's there's so much blood. blood. She's gonna have to oh, to slurp God. up a lot. It is disgusting and just like. Oh my God! I heard, I heard they cut that scene out of the theatrical release. Like, oh wow, like back in the day, like her the the scene where she licks the baby, which is actually worse because then it would show her giving birth to the baby and then just a but a bunch of blood on her mouth yeah, afterwards. Like that's she so ate weird. it or something. So much stranger. So, yeah. Anyways, Cronenberg has this way in movies of it's got to drive ratings boards nuts. Because mm-hmm. I imagine every movie of his, especially up to the you know early 2000s, that goes to a rating board, they're just like, well, technically this isn't, right? shouldn't be R, but there's something that's not sitting right with, like, this feels grosser than what's, like... Exactly. She, well, when she reveals herself, you're not seeing boobs. No. Or, or any, you're not seeing any sexual organs. You're seeing a giant sack full of blood that gets ripped open and then licked <laughs> yeah which is like but yeah like it's not uh, I, I have to imagine there's there's footage of cronenberg <laughs> meeting with these like the mpaa just like well there's no nudity yeah and i and you think Says about right here what you what you need and what you don't need yeah the, you know, the scenes the where there's murders there's not these long gory close-ups it's all these fast you don't really see violence yeah you see the after effects yeah. of this horrible violence and that's kind of what you're seeing now so it's like technically we're not it's like well he keeps keeps the swearing to a minimum and there's right. no like you know there's no nudity yeah. so it shouldn't be r but my eyeballs are telling me this should be but r it's an adult situation like, we can ex- we can agree on that existence <laughs> they have those weird body portals they plug into it's sure. like well that feels gross and sexual but right. it's technically not so it's like this guy just knows how to make gooey gross stuff that has to drive these ratings Ugh. like this yeah. like the ratings boards are like no this is way worse than an r-rated movie and he's like and i have to imagine he's just like well actually <laughs> we went by this guide yeah. and so it's so unsettling yeah seeing her that eye that unbroken eye contact while she's just licking a bee oh my god is one of the it's horrifying and then we got oliver reed who Man, we can we can do a whole eight podcasts on this Oliver Reed. Oh, we from, definitely from can. Maybe films. we should, but no. Uh, yeah, the, he gets the we get most, the biggest death, biggest the best, death, the, the best death the, scene, the, the, the most excruciatingly oh my drawn out death scene of the whole movie. Oliver Reed getting to do the world's longest death scene <laughs> is like the best. I mean, I can't think of it. I mean, Timothy Carey. 
doing a. Yeah, I've right. seen some ludicrous Timothy Carey death scenes. Yeah, that are straight Bugs Bunny. Well, the thing with okay, so yeah, Oliver Reed eventually does get attacked and and overpowered by the Brood. Yes, um, but I'm like in my head, it's like <laughs> it, it reminds me of like when me and my little brother would wrestle with my dad. Yeah, and you knew he's taking it easy on you. And even then, he's throwing me across the room. <laughs> sure, I'm slammed into da- couches. Your dad is a super normal sized, just guy a regular too. dude, not an Oliver Reed like. No. Uh, yeah, Olympian, Reed's this like, big strapping. Yeah, he should have like one of those tank you know, mustaches man. that you wax. Oh, yeah, he, he does have a mustache. Uh, a lot quite often, quite often. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. So my, <laughs> the whole time, I'm like, throw those damn kids yeah, just, out across the room. Oliver Reed, throw those <laughs> body kids slam far. those broods. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> we just get this five minute section of Reed just wrecking kids. <laughs> That'd be the way to Dude, do it. That would be like, the most. That would be the. God, I love while, the- While Frank is like strangling his wife down below, you just hear yeah. him just slamming just kids all... above. Oh my God. <laughs> I, so I love this the ending of The Brood so much, but now I'm so upset I didn't get Oliver <laughs> Reed just in a handicap match, just pile driving eight-year-olds. Instead, he just gets just murdered by eight-year-olds. Yeah, he just goes down. He just gets murdered by a well, bunch that... of eight-year-olds. And instead, he could have just been powerbombing <laughs> eight-year-olds into other eight-year-olds. Dude, when, my sister is six years younger than me. So when well, I was like he's 12. He's like, here's the shape of yeah. rage, bitch. Yeah, when I was Slam. 12, I was powerbombing my sister oh, onto yeah. her bed. And she would bounce and like hit her head on the wall. And we'd laugh. Suffer and, minor concussions. Yeah, you know, it was All like, oh, we were... We were very close to death multiple times without knowing it, I'm sure. <laughs> One of those reactions. Absolutely. But, like, that was me as a 12 or 13-year-old. Yeah. Oliver Reed is a 40-year-old man with, with big arms with and a guns. big head. Yeah. He could be clotheslining the shit out of these eight-year-olds. He just, yeah. It would be like I'm Kramer sure taking happened, the, the karate class. <laughs> 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 just kicking eight-year-old kids around the mat. I understand. You know, he probably doesn't want to just shoot that gun willy-nilly with, with the good kid in the room, you know, mm-hmm. with, with, with the candy yeah, you do the have you do have candy in the middle of this so, fray. But, yeah, but, he gets taken down by the brood, and, so, and they just, like, bite his face. Yeah. And they're just, like, every means. That, like, that That to me is, like, what would be so disturbing about those little kids. Uh, just They just tear you up. They're yeah, just tearing well, that's you what, down. The scene goes on long enough, and Cronenberg films it in a way where these deaths in this movie are so punishing mm-hmm. to the viewer because it wasn't just a quick, you know, like you, you mentioned old Leatherhead. Old Leatherhead. Old Leatherhead. Oh, man, my favorite villain. <laughs> favorite villain is Leatherhead, in the Tennessee you guys. Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, I love <laughs> Leatherhead. Um, you know, like you said, the first appearance of Leatherface, clonk, clonk big hammer, bonk. dead, dragged body. Yeah. These kids are kids, and so we get 80 hammer shots instead of one hammer shot. You get these kids pounding on them with fists, and you realize, like, that wouldn't kill anybody. It's like, well, anything could kill anybody if they have long enough. True enough. You know, you would eventually die of starvation, you know, (laughs) like... Could, so it's could like not that, eating that sandwich really kill a guy? Yeah, it's like that Chinese water torture or something. You know? it's yeah, like they just, just they being just... beaten by weak fists till you <laughs> die. It's so much worse than just like gunshot. 
Yeah. You know? That's probably- you bleed the- out, and you're like, well, at least I didn't get beaten by Dude, kid fists. If I get my choice of, like, ways to go, uh, brood killing, not at the top of the list. Definitely. Right. No. No, thank right. you. Not well, one of the favorites. So, like, so Oliver Reed is swarmed by eight, ten of them? Yeah. All of these little kids, and- Is there a number you think that you have to have so many- to be a brood, what's, yeah. Like what's the three, cutoff? Like three's company, four's a brood. Yeah, because right? you know, like when I say several, that could mean four, that can mean ten. You yeah. know, so it's like brood the several cutoff mark. Like, it's like once a baker's you're more than, dozen. Once you're over three, it's like oh, there's several of you. There's a downright brood. <laughs> you, and they're like, ah, oh, that's it. Jane, it's four. It's that four. brood across the streets there. <laughs> a brood of children's growing, Jane. Uh, so I love the visual of strapping, turtle necked. Oliver Reed. God, that turtleneck he was oh. wearing. I know you wanted to talk about the turtleneck. Well, and the row. I mean, he just was, he, it was like he was poured into those outfits, man. For, um, if we have any crossover <laughs> audience with like stupid Joe Rogan podcast, I just want to make the parallel that Oliver Reed's turtleneck that was just the most cumbersome looking thing. Mm-hmm. It felt like when I was watching that turtleneck that I was being fucking strangled to death. <laughs> And then in the end, Oliver Reed is essentially strangled to death by children while Frank is strangling yeah. Nola to death. And all I'm thinking is like, I think I would rather have those hands around my throat than that gigantic turtleneck <laughs> that Oliver Reed is wearing that just felt like I'm being just like, yeah. just like being beaten to death by an eight-year-old. Isn't that like You're- a Mitch Hedgeberg jo- joke about the turtleneck? Is oh, like a, a weak midget on your back. By, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you're wearing That's a backpack and a turtleneck, you're just yeah. got, just dragging a guy around <laughs> all day. Oliver Reed's basically doing that times eight. Yeah. He just has these kids beating on him, and you and and you're forced to sit there and think like, how uh, it'd be like getting stoned to death, just mm-hmm. getting a getting a quarter pound rocks thrown at your body. Until your body is damaged enough that you just die. Yeah. Oh, my God. And this is him getting pounded to death by eight-year-olds with no weapons. They're just biting and scratching and pounding at him. Horrible death. Good stuff. And Oliver Reed is just, uh, that guy has done. He took it like a champ. That though. guy has done stuff on screen that few actors have done. Yeah. You know how many people have done a naked fireside fight? And gotten murdered by being beaten by eight-year-olds. Yeah. He may be one of only a few hundred. Well, let's not forget my favorite Oliver Reed death by Snakebite in uh, Venom mm. with Klaus Kinski. Oh, my gosh. That is, like, my favorite. This this era of genre Oliver Reed <laughs> is a gift to cinema. Absolutely. I mean, uh, every, Oliver Reed kind of makes weirdly makes every movie a genre movie. He just has a genre yeah. intensity no matter the setting. Women in Love is a weird period drama. Very much feels like a genre movie with Oliver Reed in it. Well, feels like it could be a Cronenberg movie. Yeah, but right? by the time he's actually doing stuff like Burnt Offerings yeah. and The Brood and Venom, it's like, <laughs> oh, this is the best. <laughs> now I get it. So, yeah, so we're going to take a break, uh, but we are going to come back with we're going to come back altered state of mind for altered states yeah and this is very much going to like uh going to be a companion piece to the yeah which in many i wouldn't ways. have uh, i would um, like i said i hadn't seen excited. uh um altered states but if we hadn't watched them back to back due to a forced 
double feature pairing. Yeah. I don't think I would have been drawing the parallels to them, but they very felt, much felt complimentary, like you said, companion pieces. So we're going to take a break. We will. And we'll be back for Altered States.